what's the structure of this episode? Drew, I don't know if you know this. It's Ralph's show. He'll get the structure as we go along. Well, there's no structure, Drew, just like always. Here we go. Three, two, one. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast. I'm Ralph Quartrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Deborah Murphy. I'm John Quartrucci. I'm Chris Coker. And I'm sad about Fred Ward. Oh, oh, oh that's right. Remo. Remo Williams. Remo Williams. And Tremors guy. Gus Grissom. He was great. Gus Grissom, indeed. He was My great as Gus Grissom. Oh, yes. yeah. He was really good in that. Yeah. Loses his teeth in that one. And- yeah. Yeah, that's a good you know, film. That Alec was like a high point for everybody. I thought. Yeah, it. yeah. That was is that Jonathan yeah, Demi who directed that? Was that Demi? Miami Blues. Someone like that. Yeah, I don't think it was him. But I'll someone check like that. Yeah, I'll, oh, somebody. I'll like check that. that. All right, guys. So here, ladies, guys, and ladies. Sorry, Debbie. Well, it's um, been a week. It's good to have everybody back. Yeah, we, we had a little week. had a little glitch. Our we'll friend from through. our friend from L.A. had yeah. to miss out on the one he was going to do, Taxi Driver. So. We uh, did not meet last week, and we decided this week we would do a full show on what we watch or what are we watching, okay? That's the structure of this show. And part of the reason why we're doing that is because a lot of our fans out there really enjoy the section of the show where we do what we are watching. So we're really- That is commented on the most, yeah, I think. If we, we're really trying to give get. you guys what you want. That's why we always ask you to subscribe, and hopefully we're going to earn that at the end of this episode. I hope so. Yeah. The best Are they going to smash the button? Well, I, I I didn't want to say that prematurely, but uh, you know, if you do like what you hear, just just really as hard as you can, just smash that like button. I do have a new a new philosophy in life. Oh, what which, is that, Ralph? Which I've developed uh, as I do all these shows that I'm doing. I don't know if you can see that. Done, done is better is, than perfect. Okay. Yeah. So oh. let's just get this one done. Okay. Well, you've, you've changed since you decided to get married again. That's really weird. Wow. Good for you. <laughs> well, Actually, I think he's stepping up to that philosophy. I think he, just, he really is. Did wow. he decide? Did he decide? I just thought it was like the tides. It comes, it goes, it comes, it goes. No, this was uh, a lot of, of consideration. A lot of consideration went into this one and it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be fine. All right. So let's start with, uh, Chris. It's going to be fine. What'd you watch? Okay. What are you watching? Um, I, here, here's the funny thing is, like we mentioned just a second ago, um, uh, rest in peace, Fred Williams. And, uh, Fred Ward. Fred Ward. Oh, Remo Williams. Williams is Fred Remo Williams. Williams. That's his cousin, though, Chris. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it's funny. Um, <laughs> well, no, you mentioned uh, that, Remo Williams. And um, so I saw Remo Williams was on, you know, on demand. You see that a lot. Somebody passes away. They, they do their films. But what was kind of cool was they had the original trailer for Remo Williams. Um, and I watched it. It was really kind of fun because the original title of that film was just Remo unarmed and dangerous. That's how the trailer is really. Huh. Anyway, that's what, uh, that was, was just he a superhero cover. in that film? I no, forget he's not a superhero, but no, he's, he's just a highly he's, trained. Right. Okay. It's Joel based on Gray. The, the destroyer novels, which are right. fantastic. Yeah. Joel Gray taught him how to fight. Yeah. And Joel dance, Gray. I guess. Exactly. Actually, Joel Gray was actually pretty good in that. So, um, one of the things I watched, and it's a little, I've watched a few things, obviously it's been a couple of weeks, but, um, one of the things I want to mention at the top of the thing is I watched something that is, uh, an honest to God masterpiece, right? Um, I don't know if the movie is going to be any good, but I saw, and I don't know how I, I have missed it up to this point, but I saw the trailer for Maverick Top Gun, 
Oh, like, yeah. I think it's going to be great. And that trailer yeah. is so good, the way yep. that it brings in the, the musical notes and everything. I had almost a physical need to go back and watch the original Top Gun, which I am not a huge fan of. I mean, I saw it when it came out in the theater. I liked it, especially the flying stuff. And, you know, but it's basically this really, it's not, it's not this amazing film that a lot of people seem to love about it, but I don't know what it was about that trailer. The way that it was put together, the music cues, the kind of the way they held it off. He pulls out the old motorcycle. It was just like, I watched that trailer and I was like, I have to rewatch this film. And like my wife and I are already making plans to get somebody to watch the kids so we can go see it. And it was just like, I would just want to say if there was an Oscar for trailers that got, that should get it. Cause it just, it literally made I don't me. Know, is that like, a Tom Cruise thing? Cause I saw the, the new mission impossible trailer. Yeah, that's amazing too. And I can't wait to see that yeah. set of films. It's well, two he got of them, a ten-minute standing ovation at Cannes after showing the movie. The Maverick and the reviews have been phenomenal. They said it's going to the film that's going to get people back to the movie theaters because they said you have to see this in a movie theater. Which one, Top Gun or Mission Impossible? Maverick. Top Gun. Top, Top Gun. Gun. Yeah. yeah. Top Gun. Yeah. We had we had an invitation to see it on Monday night, but we have a normal Monday night gig, so we couldn't. We had a chance to see a sneak. Now, I think it was in the L.A. Times they did a. Great story. Um, Tom Cruise, the last movie star. He yeah, is a movie no. star. Yeah, he and, is. I mean, he is legitimately a movie star. That can still generate. They said, yeah, it's, it's said look at all the people who were in the tops where he is. A lot of them are still working, still getting projects. But no one is getting what Tom Cruise gets. Control, recognition, box office clout. You know, he had that hairy spot where he went to – when leaned a little bit out too much into the Scientology, you know, which I thought hurt some of the movies. He made. Yeah. The Oprah well, Winfrey yeah, jumping uh, on the couch stuff he was doing. Yeah. Let me, let me share my screen real quick. <laughs> uh, by the way, he's that not was, that tall. Okay. Yeah, I'm right now. No, and I'm not that short. That's it, might be, I might be. it would be so, reversed. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's uh that was it. That was a uh, Applebee's or something. Yeah. He did on a big promotion at something. I forget where I and was. I, I'll say one thing too. And a lot of people are, well, of course, theater owners attribute it to this is that, um, is that he, one of the reasons he's maintained this clout is his true insistence on, um, theatrical. Yeah. All mm-hmm. theatrical. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, this is something I felt and it's becoming up a lot is that you cannot get the kind of global impact strictly on streaming. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, the theatrical experience. Is a, a more of a shared thing. It's more of a. It makes something more of an event. And um, Cruz's commitment to the theater owners is oh, much this, and his commitment to his craft and his stunts and yeah. all the stuff he does. And you well, know, that like aerial footage is unlike anything you've ever seen before. The way they film that aerial. Oh, stuff. So, so Chris, did, is it Top Gun you want to talk about, or is it something else? So you just. Oh no, I was just. Oh, I okay, mean, I will say this. You know, you talk about how Tom Cruise isn't that tall. So I did rewatch Top Gun and there's this one scene that like, I don't know why this stuck in my head and rewatching it, but there's a scene where later in the film where he and Kelly McGillis are sitting on his motorcycle and they're making out, right? Except Tom Cruise is sitting on the tank of the motorcycle and Kelly McGillis is sitting on the saddle, right? And I used to ride a motorcycle for like 10 years and I never sat on the tank of my own motorcycle. It just was weird. And maybe it's just because he is shorter and Kelly McGillis is not a short lady. So maybe they just wanted it for the angles, but I just noticed that. And I was like, 
That's really I, th- I think she was taller than him because he's. I oh, think I'm he's sure. five eight. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, a tall man. There's all kinds of stories about the angles they shoot on him, and they'll they'll drop the other actress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, a, they did it. in Shane go. Allen Ladd had to do his scenes on a box. Yeah. Yeah. But so. and his plastic surgery is looking great. Hey, I, I don't mean, care. The guy man. hasn't he's, aged he, a bit. The stuff he does, his stunts that he yeah, does. There's a Mission Impossible. They show him running. Yeah, they show him running. Just well, like he runs in every movie. If you ever watch those those trailers, honest trailers. Yeah. Anytime they do cruise, they always spend a section on him running because yeah. he runs in every single movie. All right. So, Chris, what'd you watch then? But I actually watched, um, I actually sat down and watched, uh, Moon Knight, all six episodes of Moon Knight. Oh, that was, I was going to talk about that. <coughs> oh, okay. Um, no, but, good. Um, now I don't have to. Okay. Um, and you know, it's funny. I'm actually, uh, you know, I was a big comic book guy in the eighties, especially. And I actually read a number of different Moon Knight series during the eighties. And uh, like the comic book, the TV or the television program, I don't know how to say this. He was like such a great character, such an interesting character, but it never quite worked for me in the comic book. And it didn't quite work for me in the TV show either. Like they brought in all these different elements because like they've redone Moon Knight and added and taken away so many times. He's he's truly I mean, that was part of the thing is that he's got multiple person. He's got dissociative disorder. Right. Or dissociative identity disorder. Right. And so he's you're never sure if he's straight up crazy or if he really is, you know, the avatar of some uh, Egyptian god or something like that. And while Oscar Isaac is phenomenal, he's worth it watching the show. It's only six episodes. So he's worth it alone. Just his performance is terrific. Um, at the same time, uh, I just felt it was kind of like a little bit, uh, I don't know, a little bit boring. You know, the show itself did not knock me out. And I really, I wanted it to be great. I wanted them to say, okay, let's take this kind of all these little pieces of the mythology that we've created over the last, since 1980, when he first got his first start, or actually it was earlier than that, but when he got his own book, let's put it all together, but let's make it good. And that's why some of the Marvel movies work so well as they take, they take all the right stuff and they put it together properly. And it makes, you know, a really engaging story about, you know, some guy who can shoot lasers out of his eyes. You know what I mean? Um, but Moon Knight, uh, it just dropped off a little bit for me. I couldn't quite, you know, it just ended with like a giant battle between two like Egyptian gods and stuff. And I was like, Are there uh, beams going into the sky. There, there might've been some beams into the sky, actually, Ralph, now that you mention it, there were at least, there is one scene where he, where the Egyptian God changes the setup of the stars. He rolls it back to go back in time. Yeah. Not really back in time, but just so well, they, they can use a map properly. So, John, did you see all six of these as I well? I did see all six episodes. Now, what, what streaming service is this on? Disney, uh, Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah. And, and when you have a show called Moon Knight, who really was Marvel's version of Batman with a little Egyptian flair, but it really was Batman, yeah. uh, I think it's really important to have Moon Knight in the show. Yeah. He's not and in- Moon Knight wasn't really in the show. And the other thing they do, which is Disney Marvel always does, they have a female hero who ends up saving the life of the lead, Moon Knight, three separate times during the show. Okay? So that's kind of silly. Now, I will agree with Chris. Oscar Isaacs is great in the show. I mean, is his performance is unreal. But it's so <clears throat> different from the... Uh, the the comic book where where one of his personalities was more like Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and they completely got rid yeah. of that but, but his performance is really interesting and i found the first couple of episodes when he's not sure what he is 
yeah, kind of interesting. But he's right; it got boring. Ethan Hawke was also in it, who I thought was very good. Yeah. Uh, but it just got kind of stupid uh, towards the end, and nothing was really happening. And then the ending kind of happened too fast. So yeah. I think that was one show that they probably could have done another episode and stretched things out a little bit because it ended so abruptly. And, you know, he's not even signed for a second one, but he really liked it. He's an executive producer on it. And that's uh, my next question is, are they going to make more? Because I think I'm, they, I I'm think they're to see it. I'm I think to they're going because... to, but uh, it, it, you know, it, if you look at like uh, the reviews of it and stuff, they're mediocre at best. Um, but you know you got a big star, and he is Oscar Isaac is is a big star. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think if he wants to do it, they'll do it. But you know, Plus, like I mean, I, I want to see a Jewish superhero, and he's one of them. So. Well, there's one line in the movie where the the woman who's Egyptian, uh, she's saving somebody, and then the little girl standing there. I think they're in Egypt, and and the girl turns to her and goes, "Are you an Egyptian superhero?" And she goes, "Yes." And then they move on. It's like, okay, fine. Hold up a sign. All right. I, I mean, that's the problem that I have. And Ralph and I have talked about this. Disney Marvel does that to these shows. And it's like the, the people who really like those shows don't care about that stuff. They just want well-written stories and they want to get into that it. That stuff being what? Wokeness? Yeah. But Ralph, the, the, the Marvel shows are very woke and they make a big uh, habit out of doing it. This was probably less woke <laughs> than some of the other stuff. But it was still woke. And it's like, people don't care about that. You do a show called Moon Knight. You want to see Moon Knight. That's what you want to see. And, and, and the stuff they did with him was really good when he was Moon Knight. There just wasn't enough of it. Well, that was my problem with Batman. The well, reason the Batman, I wanted to see him. Well, you saw. Freaking dark. Well, that's true. Well, that's but you saw, more, you saw more Batman in that film than any other Batman movie. The problem was he was in the dark the whole time. And frankly, and I, you know, we, I mentioned this last week, I tried watching it again and I couldn't get through it. It's just too dark. Imagine taking the video from the, the Batman and the audio from all those other films that what Christopher Nolan does where you can't hear anything. You got a film, (laughs) you got a film you can't see or hear. Cause that Batman. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but I couldn't see how yeah, no, it was. I, way I, I was dark. aching, aching, right. aching for a sunlight scene. <laughs> well, you're what, what kind of, now that he's kind in, of, now that he's into the light, right? Yeah. At the end of the movie, he's into the light. That the bit. next one they'll lighten up a little bit, which I hope they do. Well, well, how, did you, how did you watch it? How did you watch it? Like on I a went projector? To, I went to a movie. No, no, I watched it at the movie theater, and then I watched it downstairs in my theater. And it's dark. I mean, it's dark. I, I had this theory that on an iPhone or a small phone, you'd see a lot more than I saw in the movie theater. And it may have been the movie theater. The projector wasn't calibrated right. It was dark. I'm well, curious I mean, if I just, on the, the 4K, if they lightened it up. Yeah. Well, I just watched it on um, HBO Max. On I have a, a 65-inch OLED, which is basically that's the best TV for blacks. And it was interesting. Not black people. Anyone can watch it. But it's interesting because I had heard the movie was very, very dark and the way that the cinematography was done was very, very dark, which is true. But I didn't find that I couldn't figure out what was going on. I mean, it was three hours, so there was a lot to no, figure there wasn't, out. Yeah, I, but like yeah. the first, the first scene, I felt like I know, I, I felt like I got a sense of what he was going for, the director, Matt Reeves, that very first scene where the Riddler steps out of the shadow. Right. Is you're sort of like, is someone there? Right. And then when he steps out, he's very disturbing. So it's th- that the revelation of the Riddler for me worked better than the 
when you first see Batman, he walks, you hear his footsteps for three hours and then he steps out into the subway platform or whatever. But I felt like I know what he's going for and I think it's doing what he wants it to do. It's still really, really dark and rainy the whole movie. Well, and, so and for I an older, I'm, I'm going to say it. this for an older person, you know, you need some light. <laughs> it can't be that yeah. dark. It's, it's well, really, it's frustrating. I watched this, uh, I, I don't know where I heard it, but it was on uh, Turner Classic Movies. It was that. But they're talking about the 40s and 50s when they only had black and white. But they used, and you wouldn't, you and Ralph would know about this, they used silver a lot in the screen mm-hmm. to bring out this different hues of gray. And, you know, that's where black and white really was investigated, you know, to show the action. So maybe new technology is like not so just all black. You can't see it. Yeah. No. Here's with another the new, thing. Listen, with the new cameras, you can shoot in pitch black. Probably. Well, that's what I mean. George, right. This was, this was the choice of the director. He wanted the noir. He wanted the noir. That's what he wanted. It's interesting that you said noir and that Debbie said what she said, because the best, the blackest movie I've ever seen that I felt like this is darkness is doing what the director wants it to do. And I actually want to watch it on our television, which is pretty new. I haven't watched a lot of stuff on it yet, but I saw it in the theater in Los Angeles when they restored touch of evil. Oh yeah. The, the, the black in that it's like liquid. It, it, it draws you into the screen. Like I, if directors want to try that and get halfway there, it'll be very impressive. And that is the classic to me, the classic example of what you're talking about, Debbie, like this is a 1940s black and white movie by a, an undisputedly master filmmaker and just the look of it and the way it feels to look at that. It, it's, there's nothing like that. Well, yeah, it's the third man too. I mean, the third man, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. That another one, well, all the shadows if, played such yeah. a big role in that movie. And I got the excellent tool for that. That movie would be the Jewish superhero that you're going to write there, Drew. <laughs> the golem. That would be shot After in black and white. Jewish uh, superhero movie. Right. I, I must insist. That's okay. your summer project. I don't know. I'll work on it. So Moonlight, yeah, but, okay. but there's one other thing, uh, you know, about this light and dark thing. Now, one of my problems with, um, particularly when DVDs were new in the digital age, you'd see a film in the theaters and the effects would work. Oh, yeah. Because it was usually darker. Yeah. But then they would pump in a lot of light on the home release. Right. On the DVD. Right. And, and you actually can see the you, windows. And you, you see know, the, yeah. It, yeah. You know, it was sometimes not that bad. Yeah. Like on the second and third Matrix films, everything looked completely fake. And it was mainly because they pumped up the light. I mean, right. those bad movies. But it was yeah. pretty It was pretty consistent. Yeah, but nowadays, oh. you know, with the technology and the computers and all that, yeah. that's not, this guy decided to shoot it this way. Well. Artistic reasons. And I think, I think if, the, if the projectors aren't perfect and most movie theaters are not run by people, who really care about how it looks, I don't think. A lot of times you're seeing stuff on the sides you shouldn't be seeing. Yeah. And, you know, if you back. don't get a good – and that's why I thought it would look better on a smaller phone where everything is compact and you know, more detail In fairness, the up. first year of the Batman comic never went out during the day. It was very film noir. So he 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 was paying tribute to that first. Well, I understand, year. but still, you got to be. And Robin came, and then everything changed. Right. Well, uh, I want I want to I want to say ahead. one other thing about this movie and the darkness and the technology. I did not know this when I watched the movie, and I watched the movie, and I I didn't love it. I thought there was some good stuff in it. It still suffers from the "why are we doing this again" thing. Yeah. Although Robert Pattinson is good, and a lot of people in it are good, I had no idea 
that because as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, well, clearly they shot some of this in Chicago. And actually the scene, I think the scene, one of the big action scenes in, um, in the dark night is actually a location that they shoot, uh, some scenes in this new movie. So it's Chicago, but the skyline, it, it's not a real city. I had no idea they shot that movie in a volume like the Mandalorian and that Greek Frazier who, who basically invented the cinematography for the volume, which is the giant room. It's a, a room made of LED screens. So you can take an actor, put them up against a screen and make that screen whatever you want. And it's in camera. So that was a giant movie that most of which they made in a studio and it looked like it was outside. And also that means when they're meeting on a skyscraper under construction at magic hour, you can shoot that all day because you can set the sky and the light and the background. Yeah, so that's what they're using that, that volume. I had no idea and I was very impressed. And they even showed like the, the big car chase scene. Colin Farrell is in his car and he thinks that he's blown up the Batmobile and it comes flying at him out of the fire. The scenes yeah. of him. Uh, you know, in the, in the driver's seat reacting to thinking he won and then realizing he's still in trouble. He's just in a car on a gimbal inside the volume and all of that is projected behind him and it doesn't look like a projection. I was going to say, no, you couldn't tell that from it's the It's unbelievable. The scene. I was stunned. I would never have thought that. Yeah, I, had no, I had no idea. If you want yeah. on HBO Max, they have like a three or five minute, a uh, little behind the scenes thing where you watch it and it just, it really was mind blowing. Well, I'm going to buy the Blu-ray or the 4K just because I want to see the making of it. I'm sure they'll have a lot of yeah. good stuff on there. And well, now there's, there's a actually lot of a volume now. in Baltimore. If you want to, um, this is probably what you're going to say, Ralph, that yeah. there's, if you want to shoot stuff for your commercial or whatever, yeah. now that's, they that get those LED screens. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. amazing. No, no more green screen. They get the, they put the scene right behind you. Really? Incredible. You're in the scene. Yeah. 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 Uh, Chris, did, was that anything else you want to talk about? Oh, um, yeah. I got one, one real quick thing. I okay. caught this, uh, not so great documentary, but it was nostalgic for me called Pick It Up. And it was about ska in the 1990s, which I was a big fan of in the 90s. Nice. Talked about, about what? The real big fish ska. and Stones and oh. Operation Ivy and a bunch of other, you know, Rancid and, and a bunch of other great ska bands and just how much kind of ska. Wait, wait, what, what, what's, you're saying ska? Yes. Yeah, thank you. What is, uh, what it's is. Jamaican what is uh, rock music for white people. It's so no. fun. It's yeah, so like fun. UB40? UB40? No, that's no. what no, it's, it's like, like mighty uh, mighty Boston's pie tasters and mm-hmm. love you before. It's great. Yeah, so fun. It's, it's yeah, I never heard that phrase kind of before. Like pop rock with a lot of horns. That's funny, John, because there's actually a whole bit where uh, one of the guys from Real Big Fish talks to people in the street about Scott and. A lot of them, of course, it's edited, but a lot of them are like, I have no idea what you're talking. I've about. never heard that phrase before. Me neither. That's what? first. This is the first I've heard of that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Look at well, me. I'm, I'm not that cool. That's all that white cool, men so. for you. It happens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. Let's go to uh, Debbie and Sean. Well, let me let me start us yeah. off. Um, we got a a Hulu um, subscription subscription. A prescription. A, a prescription. Because we were ailing for that some of that stuff. So we were watching, oddly enough, a lot of times. <laughs> we watched movie. this crazy movie about the Scott? villages. The oh, villages. Oh, okay. Oh, it's my called God. Some Kind of Heaven. Some Kind of Heaven. That, the that villages was- down in Florida? Yeah. yeah. And you know yeah, the I- STD capital of the world? <laughs> I'm not surprised. Is that what they say? Is that yeah. what's like an old old retirement place? Yeah, it's an overfilling. Yeah. Yeah. sex. There's a yeah. song. There's not a like a post ska musician that sings this song. 
Lord, don't bury me in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but I have no desire to go to Florida. Anymore. I tell you what, because I mean, it's like, uh-huh, it's a community. There's like a, when they made the film in the villages, there were 150,000 wow. senior citizens. It's like now, their own city. That's a lot of, now. that's a lot of it's, gonorrhea. It's an unreal <laughs> world. As they, they kept saying, this isn't the real world. It's not the real world. It's, the, you know, there's always bands playing. It's all old people and bands. Three golf courses. Three, you know, golf courses, this and that. But to me, I'm watching this and it's like a, to me, it, it's like a Twilight Zone episode. Yes. It's like it's got to be a Twilight Zone experience. I don't even have a desire I wouldn't to visit want the villages. To, I wouldn't want Ooh. to live in a place where it's just you know, all, like, old people. All old, yeah, yeah, but as an yeah, old golf, male, bands, as an old male, swinger from parties. I, <laughs> from what I understand, those places are loaded with women, horny old ladies. And if you're a dude walking around, you're oh, like, yeah. that's why the STDs are so high. Yeah, the ratio is is very much in the favor of the men. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like the end of Doctor Strange Love when they were talking about going into <laughs> the mines. You know, so yeah. is this a is this a one off or is it a series? It's a one off. Yeah. Some oh, kind my of goodness. Okay. It's a one off, but then it has a refractory period. It's a little longer <laughs> because they're old, but you know they'll be back. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what. You know, even you know, there's like one woman who was a recent widower who just wanted to leave and go back to but she of all places Boston. And yeah. um, and she couldn't. She ran out of her money. You know, they she, ran out of money. It must be expensive to live there when you, you look at sell your house. Everything you go there. You do. And once you go there, are they all riding around in golf carts and stuff like yes. that? Yes. <laughs> you know, and that's fun. And there were some dark stories and some light. Ones. Okay, but what's the age? Is it fifty-five and up? It's or is fifty it? and over. Fifty. Yeah. Holy cow! I why, if fifty, why, why, if fifty? Why? Why, if you were sixty? Why? Why, if you were eighty? Maybe. No, but what, it's like, it was well, like, wait a, a minute. There's, listen, it's like there's a, enough stuff there that, you know, to do, you know, when you're 80 years old, you can only do so much. When you're 60, you're still active and there's still plenty to do there. Yeah. If you're active, I, I can see the, the appeal of it. I mean, it's not like well, an assisted living don't place. like Florida. Well, that's, but that's well, a that's different argument. Work for you no, you can not like Florida. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I like the seasons. You know, I like, to visit I like Florida. I like hills. Okay, all right. So let's. Yeah, but I mean, to me, it was. But like, is it a good documentary? Oh, it's actually yeah. it's, it's an excellent documentary. It's excellent. There you go. That's but on Hulu. A, what? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Okay. Now, can it we means, go to another one, or possibly? Yeah, we got we got an hour and a half. You guys you have a double. You guys got? are another. There's another. There's another one. The first thing we watched on Hulu was um, Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Scotty Bowers, he um, he wrote this book in his 90s. He was essentially a prostitute, though he would never refer he to He was him. a pimp. Now he, he lives in the villages. <laughs> yeah. Was he a prostitute or was he a pimp? Yeah, which he one? As we learned from Taxi Driver, those are two different jobs. Right. Basically, is every little boy, cute little boy, and the neighbor, neighbor. Um, he grew up him. in a farm in... Um, in uh, in uh, Iowa, I, Illinois, I and um, he was having no, two was which one? That's three. You guys yeah. named three no, no, states I, right there. I, 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 I was just reading his bio in Ionia. He in wrote Israel. a book about basically secret world of Hollywood in the forties and fifties about who was gay, and basically he he well he started having sex with men when it looked like he was like six years old. Then he moved oh. to Chicago and started having sex with priests. 
Then he went to World War II, where that's not having sex, Sean. That's being sexually abused. That's being raped. Well, exactly. That's well, what he say. says. He doesn't that's, say that. But he's he, like, I knew oh, you're what saying I that's how doing. he characterizes it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Characterizing it. He's, you know, he had a very traumatic so experience sweet, in um, in World War II. Iwo Jima. And, yeah, he was another eye. He was in um, Guadalcanal, Peleliu, and Iwo Jima. You know, wow. any one of those battles could give you PTSD. But essentially, he came back, and instead of going to Chicago, he went to Hollywood. (laughs) Post-traumatic stress syndrome. (laughs) And he started working at this gas station, and he met Walter Pigeon, the actor, the first day, who said, hey, you seem like a friendly young man. Why don't you come over to my house and and go for a swim? Oh, my God. And they had sex. And Morbius from Forbidden Planet? Yes. (sighs) <sighs> then he got Stop. a lot of recommendations Acting. and got eventually got invited to George Kukor's house, the director. Yeah. And once you got George Kukor's, um, you know, a, a good marks from him, suddenly yeah. he was totally in. He was in a lot of demand. So he put, he wanted, he got a lot of handsome young men who were also mostly vets like him to work at the gas station. And um, they would all get 20 bucks to go on these dates. And he wasn't. Well, that was pit. in that series. They did that. Uh, there was a series on Hollywood that the guy who does yeah, all the. No, they based that character on that. Okay. Guy. So they all, they all work at the gas stations with their shirts off and they take yeah, off. And, and then they would the just go off. And he said like, a, you know, but it was, but he wasn't a pimp because he didn't get a percentage. And he's like, some of the guys weren't even gay, but it's like, Hey, that's $20 he didn't have before, you know? So, um, but, it, you know, but a lot of people didn't like the book because it, you know, outed. it said Carrie, it added a lot of dead people, you know. And I remember when his book came out and I was skeptical of it. But seeing the movie and seeing some of the people they talked to in the movie yeah. and people who support his claims who were there. And um, in fact, I was just reading online about this um famous art director and they were talking about him. Because, yeah, everything he said is true. I mean, here's a guy. He came to Hollywood and he only had two things in his favor, a very large penis and a, and a winning demeanor. And he used it. You know. You're going to be going to be big kid. Just like, and, um, so it was like, you Ray know, Cary Grant, you know, Charles Lawton, you know, like, um, Randolph Scott, Spencer Tracy. Wow. Also, Spencer Tracy. Now he would never define himself as being gay or anything. He's just like anal. No, no, he was just like, no, he was just like, and and his philosophy Uh, of life. our audience, please don't smash the like right now. (laughs) Wait a little later. Spencer Tracy, if Spencer Tracy wants to bottom, that's his personal choice. (laughs) Oh my God. John's like, what? I can't do this. No, but it's a judgment in Nuremberg. (laughs) But, but they were all dead. So none of them could dispute what he said, right? Guess who's coming at dinner? So that's easy. Yeah, I mean, oh my I God, Drew! He was ninety. I think he was like ninety when he wrote the book. I was sitting there saying because it was kind of a recent documentary. I'm like, we should get him on the podcast, but he died <laughs> two years ago. Oh, I've never heard even an inkling of that about Spencer Tracy. Oh, I, I, I heard that all the time. I just didn't necessarily, you know, with Bowers because it isn't like if you read Hollywood Babylon when it came out, you know, and a lot of what's in that book is bullshit. You know, it's all these shocking scandals and all. A lot of it's made up or it's just like 
story told by 15 different people and gets wilder and wilder. You know, Bowers, you, you know, this is all stuff he did. So, you know, it isn't like Hollywood Babylon. You say, well, the author wasn't there. He's just printing what people. But you're taking his word for it, though, right? I mean, essentially, I, you know, at the oh, end, by the end of the movie, I 100 yeah. percent took. I mean, if you watch it, you got I highly recommend you watch it because this guy was described as an old leprechaun, and a, a depraved face, old leprechaun. Yeah, but when you see a sweet little face as a child and as what happened. You know, you kind of put the pieces together. He's a They're always after me, Lucky Charms. Yeah, talk about a rainbow. (laughs) But but the one thing you end up loving this man. I mean, he's a beautiful. He seems to be very shallow. Yeah, finally near the end of the piece, out all these dead people. He talks about the death of daughter, and then he really talks about his brother's death at Iwo Jima and the sadness and the travesty. and the sec- of the war, the and, Second World War. And the sex part is just a, you know, an angst because of that heightened sadness and the abuse that he had. A- and um, he, had a, well, he, had a he, he never characterized out. He never characterizes abuse, but enough from you. <laughs> no, but basically he came home from the oh war. And he goes, Michael is just after everything he had seen is just to make people happy. Right. You know, and yeah, I don't think there should be any shame. There should be no shame in being a sex worker. And if you uh, are serving some of the the greatest entertainers in really in in filmmaking ever, then, you know, that's a it's a nice clientele. I think I commend him. Yeah. So I would we would recommend that. Well, he drank. He drank an awful lot. I think you'd have to. Well, he's a bar. He became a bartender. At first, he worked just worked at the gas station. Hmm. Pumping, but they did sure. eventually show a picture of his penis, and it was it was excessive. Well, I don't know. Excessive. Maybe Mark it would be excessive for some. How's a penis excessive? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Anything else before we move on? Well, can I can I mention? Or do you, are we going to come back later? Or no, no, you, you, no. Okay. There's now or never. You got to blow your load now, Sean. Let's do <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there's this other show about this guy with a penis. No, sorry. Um, no, we have been watching, and I mentioned in the previous podcast. Um, we own this town on HBO Max, yeah. and it's frustrating uh, the old way they release an episode a week because you know I, I was kind of waiting for Debbie. She didn't get into the first episode, which it's is hard. It, you, there's you really so many study, characters. You have to study it, and the wire was like that too. Yeah, but by now we're like fifth episode. It's a limited series. It makes you mad. It's so mad. It's an amazing piece. It is. If you live in Baltimore like we do, it's like shocking that this happened, and not just and not just these cops stealing, just the overall philosophy from the politicians down on it's all it's it, you know, and you hear it all now. I just heard about Baltimore County data driven policing. Basically, it's all about numbers of arrests, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, and it's you know O'Malley did it, and they call him out directly. It's like he wanted to bring the rate crime rate down and. Basically, the attitude was arrest everybody on the corners. Yeah. You know, right. none of them will be, you know, can come into, tr- will come to trial because they'll only spend a night in jail because there aren't, there, the charges were always so wow. full of shit. Yeah. And, but it's like while they're in jail that night, they're not going to shoot anyone, nor are they going to be shot by anyone. So, I mean, it's so, like the same, you know, it reminds me that philosophy is, the way the uh, Christians um, 
would uh, like get people to convert to, to Christianity. And if they would, then they would kill them because at least they, at that point, were saved for the for heaven. Well, you know, and as the Pope once of, said, what? Because they were going against some heretics, and and they wanted to know how they could. The Pope asked, they asked the Pope, how could they detect the heretics? And the Pope just said, well, kill them all. Yeah. God will know His own. You know, but Baltimore's not quite that bad. But that's the sort of philosophy. They were just you know, arresting in the, in the everybody Baltimore in the area just to, for the numbers, you know. To make yeah, it- John's coming down here for the wedding. You can't wait to hang out in Baltimore, actually. I'm really looking forward to it because it seems so safe to walk around there. <laughs> and you know what? Despite despite all the characters in it, you know, what's his name? John Bernthal, who is yeah. who I first saw on Walking Dead. The Punisher. Yeah, and He's he great. is amazing in this show. He's a good I mean, actor. He yeah, he is a good horrible, actor. He's playing a horrible character. But there are moments oh, God. when you see some real humanity. Yeah. You know, he's he's not, you know, he's playing a human being rather than just like a um just like a horrible corrupt police officer criminal. He's really playing a human being. He's doing a great job. Not only that, I mean, I almost died and went to heaven when he said ambulance. Yeah. And he said Blair Road instead of Belly nice. Road. Yeah. He said Blair Road, Ambulance. And also it stars um as Herschel, the worst cop in Baltimore, Josh Charles, who's mm-hmm. the son of um a major figure in Baltimore advertising, who's legendary um Alan Major Charles. something. Mm-hmm. And uh <laughs> Okay. Hey, well, also you know, written by- I, I could say one thing about Alan Charles that like Gilbert Godfrey always said about Jerry Lewis. Well, he was always nice to me. And I'm, and Alan was always well, nice to me. Why don't you explain yourselves about this guy? Maybe no, not. Alan is just not. a legendary. All right. Person. Okay. Was this also written by my friend George Pelicanos? Is he? Yes. And he just wrote episode five by himself, too. Okay. We should invite really him to your show. wedding so that you can throw we him We should get him on the show so you can kick him out. Yeah. And I'm sure something about Josh. Can I tell you something? I don't know if I mentioned this previously. You worked at a gas station? No, I got to say this about him. He played on his father's team, um, um, you know, Tram Burton and Charles in the softball league. And I was playing for the freelancers and all the freelancers. We'd get the biggest crowd every week where we play when we'd play softball. Against Sean, what Trey was the name of your team? The Wet Sox. And um, the Wet Sox. One, one week, yeah. one week, Josh came to play with them. At this time, he'd been in Dead Poet Society and all. And it's slow pitch baseball. I, I was the pitcher. I struck him out three times in one game. Low pitch softball? Slow pitch softball. Mazel tov. I'm yeah. sure that's something he remembers. That's got to be tough. Yeah, tough I don't to know. miss that big ball. Is it? Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That and, says and, more and, about you know, Josh than Sean, I think. Mad cause I, my, I, I'm like, my, you know, because I would, people would get a lot of hits against me because I said it's, Softball. My job is to get people to hit the freaking exactly. Ball. You know, you go like that. Get the ball and play. You know, so it's like, you know, it's like if we couldn't field, that was it. But um, people geared up anytime we played Trey Burden and Charles. You know, for some reasons. And um, but I tell you what, if you're not watching that show, if you got HBO Max, you know, st- go watch it. It might be a little hard to follow the first episode. Plus, they're constantly jumping back and forth in time. You know, and sometimes they do it cleverly, and sometimes they just cut the cards. So it's um, it's you a very good show. There you yes, go. My eyes All right, good job. All right, uh, let's go to Drew. 
Well, actually, the first thing I want to say is something I didn't watch. Uh, I found out the day that it was playing in the afternoon, the Senator has a revival series going on. The Senator is the big old movie theater in uh, Baltimore. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they have uh, a long and storied history of, of showing new releases and classic films. Like I saw the restored Bridge on the River Kwai there and Lawrence of Arabia. And just amazing stuff. Yeah, then they have, and I don't know this movie that I'm about to say. I don't know if it was a print, if it was video, if it was some kind of restoration or something. I, I'm still upset that I missed it. They had a screening one night only, seven o'clock on a Wednesday. Fitzcarraldo, which is Ooh. Werner Herzog's, see, Chris gets it, which is Werner Herzog's movie with uh, Klaus Kinski about a guy who, um, is a, owns a rubber yeah. plantation in Brazil and he wants to, uh, both, build an opera house in the middle of the jungle and to do that has to drag a riverboat over a mountain yeah the boat true yeah. story i heard about this the making of the movie he actually Werner, Werner herzog actually dragged a boat over a mountain like it, yeah. the whole thing is it's insane it's the most Werner herzog narrative feature of all of them yeah uh, the i should probably herzog. bring it to you guys at some point it's just amazing you didn't. You did not see it in the. Unfortunately, revival. I found out like three hours before the. Oh, story. that's too bad. That, so, uh, if it's if it's some kind, I don't know if it's a restoration or something. I mean, I have it on Blu-ray and it's in good shape and everything. But I, I I've never seen that on the big screen, and I would love to to see that. That would be great. Hmm. They've had some interesting films. They had a, um, I forgot the name alludes me, but it was a science fiction film from the fifties that is not really viewed as a classic. I mean, it isn't like a classically bad one, like Plan 9, but it wasn't like The Thing from Another World or, you know, War of the Worlds or something. But it was just like one of those, like, mediocre, normal, you know, science fiction films from the 50s. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I kind of wanted to see it on the big screen, but it's like... But, but you don't know what the name of the film this was? This Island Earth? No. Here we go. Here we go again. You guys got to come with versus the, the flying saucers. You guys have to come with the receipts, okay? You can't say, <laughs> I. Jeez. No, All right. Randy, I'm just saying this that they're really showing. Don't put me in interest. this category. <laughs> uh, you're, you're close too, Debbie. Uh, the yeah, AFI down here in Silver Spring has those revivals all the time. Which is Hayward when it's Susan. <laughs> I just saw the thing over there at the AFI. Oh, the Carpenter thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was a good oh, yeah. thing, but until you see Scotty Bowers thing. Well, okay. So I, um, I, I only That's picked enough. a few things from my list of 12. You're welcome, John. Um, <laughs> I knew it. One thing, we only watched one episode because uh, it premiered last night. Kelly and I watched it um, on the big, uh, beautiful television downstairs. Uh, there's going to be one new episode um a night this whole week. It's called Prehistoric Planet. It's the oh, new I saw uh, an ad for that. Uh, series by the same folks that did uh, Planet Earth and Blue Planet, all this kind of stuff. And basically, it's a it's a wildlife show with spectacular photography of dinosaurs, and it's shot and looks and feels like the movies that they have shot over and TV series that they have shot over the past many years of absolutely gorgeous photography of real animals, and they shoot in real locations and. The, uh, the, the dinosaurs, the familiar ones, unfamiliar ones. It's, it's just gorgeous. And What's this on? It's on Apple TV plus. Oh, we don't get they that. have gotten into the Attenborough business and, uh, it's just spectacular. So is Favreau involved in that? Favreau, John Favreau is an executive producer. Yeah, I thought I saw the only, the only online, uh, I mean, uh, the only on screen human 
to introduce them and then he's the voiceover is uh is um attenborough and um you know i mean it's just spectacular stuff so uh, if you are interested in something that's both a nature documentary and also really taps into my i'm a little boy i love dinosaurs uh, so hard it's really it's just wonderful it's it's that's really right. wonderful and and the uh, first one that was out last night is called coasts and it's it's like a nature documentary so don't get too attached to any animals that look small or sick or anything because it's a it's a realistic depiction based on the latest science of what these animals were and what their lives were like and it's it's just gorgeous mm. so i recommend that if you have apple tv plus uh, also if you have apple tv plus you should be excited about for all mankind season three coming in june but i'll talk about that after i get to watch it um the other thing that i watch uh i was not sure if it was going to be any good but i watched the uh full first season of halo which is on paramount plus and it's an adaptation of a really excellent video game uh that i have played the first three of the game's been out for 20 years or something. It revolutionized um, first person shooters and all these other things with the Xbox It launched the Xbox. It, it's, it's got a big place in video game history. They're still making them. I haven't played the recent ones, uh, not because I'm too good to or anything, but I just haven't played them. And when they announced they were making a movie, it was going to be a Neil Blomkamp movie. He did, um, Uh, district nine and then peter jackson was going to produce it and then they did a live action movie to promote one of the games and they've written 70 some novels about the lore of the world i don't know any of that i could tell you in a in a sentence or two the premise of it and the premise is basically it's the 26th century and humanity is locked in a war with aliens and the aliens are a essentially a religious um cult that believes they're going to transcend uh, existence. What's interesting about that is that they are a bunch of different species altogether. So there's a whole world of humans and a whole world of aliens. And it's a fantastic game where you have to shoot and kill them before they kill you. And I mean, it's, you know, it's great stuff. So the TV show has the challenge of making an actual story out of everything. And they did two things. They basically said, we're not going to really pay attention to the actual game. And they admitted that, which is not a good idea. They also said, we're making our own timeline. If you can have a multiverse and you can have all these things and there's a cinematic universe, this and a Marvel actual comic books and all that stuff, that's fine. So they made something called the silver timeline. They cast Pablo Schreiber as the master chief, which is the character that's the main character of the game, the one that you play. Uh, He never takes his helmet off in the games. They said, well, you have to take your helmet off. Otherwise, people can't connect with you. I was like, I don't know. Haven't you seen The Mandalorian? But whatever. Haven't you seen Mad Max Fury Road? Right, exactly. So, and if you haven't, you should. So the the (laughs) show was, uh, I don't know if it was good Halo, because I don't bring a lot of baggage um, that they did it right or they didn't do it right. I found it entertaining. There's some fun action. Um, But I have to say there's one actress I'd never heard of her before, uh, Kate Kennedy, the 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 character that you play master chief is what's called a spartan super soldier so they are they are essentially indestructible enough for you to be the the player character in when you play the game and so they cast a bunch of big people and then they put them in big armor which is very faithful to the game and it looks really cool and kate kennedy is one of the four spartans that are this team in the movie she's an irish actress she's six foot three she is fantastic like just fantastic because part of the way that they do the story is that these people are conditioned and then they start to to wrestle with their humanity, which is more interesting than what they actually did with it. 
but I really want to see more Kate Kennedy and apparently they've renewed the show. So I'll, I, I'll be curious to watch it. We'll see what happens. So I don't know if you are put off by the fact that it's a video game. You shouldn't be. There's a lot of stuff to watch. If you're remotely interested, check out the first episode because the first, the very first scene is great. I generally don't like video game movies. I had the last one I saw was the, Oh, what was that one? Um, Super Mario Brothers. No, <laughs> classic. Well, Mortal Kombat. Well, Mortal Kombat. Oh, look, Most I mean, the thing is, it, it's hard. Like, why would that be a good movie? The whole point yeah. is that you get to make all the decisions. And there's parts in this movie and a few scenes where they cut to a first person view. And it's like, it looks like the game and the heads up is the same and the display is. I mean, why don't do that? If I want to do that, I'll play the game. Like, it's just silly. And I saw World of Warcraft one before that. Hey, they made a successful film out of Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, it was no, huge. It, it, it can be done, so, but they're trying. If you emulate the gameplay, then you're always going to lose because I can choose to do this or do that. And I get I that, but the problem it. is you're making a movie that the gaming community would get behind, and then you tell the gaming community, "We don't play the game. We're not going right. to base this on the game. We right. want nothing to do with the game." So right away, you've, you've alienated your core audience. That's so right. So I don't get it. I mean, and as far as taking the helmet off, Master Chief never takes his helmet off during the game. And you got an actor who, you know, he's a good actor, but he's not like if you if you have a superstar, I understand why you want to take the helmet off because you're paying an actor and you want to show their face. But the whole point of that thing is he never takes a mask off. And the first thing they do is they take the mask off. It's just I agree. It's, yeah. it, Mandalorian, they did it, too. Uh, Mandalorians never take their helmet off. Well, in the show, he's got to take his helmet off. Well, but he didn't Pedro- take his he didn't take his helmet off. And you saw his face for the whole first season. No, he took I mean, it off during the first but, season. But he took it off when he was going to die, and then they saved his life. It's not what like I'm he had saying it off is that because episode, Pedro Pascual so. wanted to take it off. That's why they removed well, the helmet. The funny part about him is that he wasn't in the armor most of That's that right. show. That's exactly <laughs> right. If, if, you, if you have to take your helmet off in The Mandalorian, you have to show up on set. Right. So if you want some time off, let John Wayne's grandson and exactly. the other stuntman do your part for you, and you get to do the voiceover in the studio, and it's fine. I just think these people like the Halo people, they're so stupid Fine. You want to make a show that way, make it that way. But don't sit there and tell the world, we don't play the games. Yeah, I don't We're know not going to have that. anything to do with the game. It's just so stupid. You're just if setting you it up. watch the game, you, there's millions of YouTube videos of people. Well, playing. I'll tell you what. You watch the games. The games are very cinematic. When oh, you yeah. watch the, like, even the Batman Arkham Asylum, if you walk, watch the walkthroughs, it's like a really good movie. Yep. I mean, it really is. It's compelling story. So the fact that they want to completely disown themselves from the game is just kind of silly. I just don't get that because you're alienating a big chunk of your audience. But I mean, I mean or or you're trying to attract people who don't play video games. But maybe that's why you're saying that. Well, also, if you if you watch the show uh, and you and you've never seen the game, play the game, or know anything about it. I I don't know if you can tell me what the title means, what right. Halo is at right. the end right. of the series. Well, right. And the Halo is is a place that you go to play the game. It's a ring. There are several That's of right. them in space. And they never actually go to the Halo. They they get projected there, but they don't really explain what it is. So I don't know what they're going to do with the second season. But uh, like, I'm curious, but I'm I'm not any more excited about it than the second season of From or the fourth season of Stranger Things or any of that kind of stuff. But I'm glad that I watched it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out of the Stranger Things. Yeah. I love Chris the first was, season. So uh, Chris Before wants you, to say something. He's Chris, a Halo we, guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I played Halo and stuff the first couple, and um, it's great. It's a great first shooter game or first person shooter game. But, you know, I am going to throw this out here, John. I think sometimes what happens is, is that, you, you know, you get these fan bases that are so nitpicky that 
that the creators want to make sure that everyone kind of knows going in that we're going to take some serious departures here. And so, you know, to, to calm down on the, you know, the, the, the crazy throttle a little bit, you know, I think that's why sometimes they kind of preempt it to say to people, Hey, we're, we're going to do this a little differently. Um, but I, I'm, I'm surprised that no one has brought up uh, one movie where a guy kept his helmet on the same time all the whole time to, to stay faithful. Carl Urban in Dread. Dread, right? yes. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. yeah. Unlike the Stallone version. Well, Dread's yeah. a great yeah. film. Yeah. Movie. Dread is terrific. Excellent. I mean, I read Judge Dread yeah. when I was younger. And uh, obviously, the difference between those two films is light years apart. But um, but yeah, Car- Carl Urban in Dread, he kept it on the whole time. I love And he it. was okay with that. Carl yeah, Urban well, was okay with that. You know, he got it. Yeah. But he's Carl Urban, and like he just kind of oozes cool. You know, He, he is cool. Yeah. I want to mention one last thing. Oh my uh, God. There's a show on Showtime. You're welcome, John. Uh, it's called Z-Way. Z-Way is a comedian I was not familiar with. Um, is it a in Florida? Talk show. Uh, no, I think it's, I think it's <laughs> in New York, but Z-Way is, uh, is a young, uh, comedian. She's very funny and her talk show is essentially politely, pleasantly calling people on their shit. Like anybody. Like anybody across the political spectrum, anything. And it's, it's great because she had, um, a guy who is, I, I don't think he's a, a, like a bad person, but if you look at the difference between, um, his father and who his father is to us as, uh, as a, as a culture, a man named Tom Hanks and then his son, Chet oh, Hayes yeah. or Chet Hanks, it, it is astonishing to see Chet Hayes, um, interviewed to see him uh discuss why he speaks in jamaican patois on the red carpet to see all these crazy things it's it's uh 25 minutes i had to watch it twice because i could not believe how completely ridiculous this person is and not aware of himself and z-way is the kind of person that she apparently they went to college together that's how they know each other she just lets him go and sometimes it's really fun to watch someone just be allowed to be themselves, even though they have no idea they're digging a hole. So I would recommend Z-Way because it's very entertaining. There's a lot of great guests like Fran Leibowitz and Charlemagne the God and um, Hannibal Burris and a lot of great people. But the Chet Hayes one is really, wow. So it's like a talk show? It is a talk show with okay. little interstitials there. I don't know, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Okay. It's on Showtime. Show, show time. Z-Way, Z-I-W-E, Z-Way. All right. John. Okay, well, I only got two minutes, so I'll make this quick. Um, how, do think, how do you think I feel? I'll tell you what I'm watching. I'm watching on Peacock. I'm watching this great show called The Offer. It's not on Peacock. Was it on Peacock? Paramount Plus. Plus. Sorry, Paramount Plus. Is that any Plus. good? It's excellent. It's, That's uh, what I, I was it's about the making. This is what I was going to talk about. It's about so the making well. of The Godfather. Um, good, time it's, in good. it's produced by Al Ruddy, who produced The Godfather. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, no, it, it's based on his recollections. It's not produced by him, I don't think. No, he is. He's an executive producer on it. Miles is. Teller is executive producer. I know. So is Miles Teller. But Albert Ruddy is. I'm not Miles Teller of okay. Top Gun. Miles Miami. Teller. Yes. Uh, who who I like in this. My only complaint about him is, and I say this a lot on this show, I'm finding him very one note throughout the whole thing. He's, he's playing, playing the Al Ruddy. He's playing, he's playing Al Ruddy. But yeah. what I love about this movie, uh, the biggest names, Miles Teller is probably the biggest name, and Matthew Good. Who plays uh, Evans? Standing is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he, he is Robert Evans. Evans. That's like, the reason to watch this it's, series. It's, is he's on Robert. But Evans. the way they captured the time period, 
yeah. with the clothes, the cars. Uh, I didn't know the connection with the mob. I knew I knew of a connection because I've done enough, you know, I've seen the making of The Godfather, so I know a little bit about it. But I didn't know half of the stuff. And and a lot of it, because I watched this YouTube thing, Fact versus Fiction, on the show. And a lot of the stuff really happened. And I'm like, holy cow. I mean, some yeah. really scary stuff happened in the making of this film. But the, the guys who play Puzo and Coppola are really good. I mean, they look just like them. Yeah. They and the, then the actors, the it. young guy playing Pacino. Yeah. Looks like him, talks like him. Uh, the guy who plays Brando is pretty good. You know, they, they did the scene that really happened where Brando had a vision of the Godfather in his head. And while they're interviewing him, he gets up, he puts shoe polish in his hair, he sticks uh, cotton in his mouth, and he doesn't even say anything. Coppola is filming this, and he just starts doing this. And he, he's, uh, they said they said he was saying stuff like this. Uh, uh. Then the phone rings while this is happening. He picks up the phone in character, uh, uh. and he, and Coppola said that was The Godfather right there. And that just that's a great. Yeah, that's actor. a famous. That's a famous story about them casting him and they yeah, recreated that whole the studio scene. didn't want it. right down of Coppola holding the super eight camera yeah. like going this is our guy i can't believe it the, the, the studio didn't want him or pacino and and the way they yeah. got those two guys well, they, they the back the backstory and all this stuff paramount being sold potentially and yeah nobody and and how gangster films were looked at before coppola put the godfather on there all b movie type stuff the behind the scenes stuff is just fantastic it's it's a it's, it's just a really moment. really well done uh yeah. the production values are great in fact I, w- I watched the first three episodes, and they're only dropping them once a week. So uh, I'm caught up now, and I'm kind of bummed out. I wanted, I should have waited for the It's only six, right? Are there only six right now? <clears throat> uh, I, I don't know. I, I think is, six. I've only watched five. Yeah, it's just so. really good. The cast is really good. The behind-the-scenes stuff is really good. I mean, there's a little, uh, you know, obviously they have to put some drama into it. So they do a little bit of that, which is, you know, I, I like the, the filmmaking process. And how the film's getting made. To me, that's the most interesting. Mario Puzo's eaten all the time. Yeah. Well, his wife says he uh, he can go to Hollywood, but he's a diabetic. So, and already supposed to make sure. In the first scene, he's in a pool eating lasagna. Please. (laughs) He's always got pizza rolls in his hand. Yeah, yeah. When 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 people say there's too much drama, just take some drama, mean man. Okay, Debbie. You know you can't hit a hundred percent every time. They can't all be home runs. I'm sorry. That's a stretch. Oh, That's a stretch. I'm I sorry. Wanna, I want to say, I wanna say so, what, what I'm what I'm really attracted to in the offer is what you mentioned. I'm a huge fan of Matthew Good and oh, Rob Ross is fascinating. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I'm sure you've seen it, John. There's a documentary. It's God. It's about 20 years old now. 2002, I think. The kid stays in the picture. It is. And he's basically Robert yeah. Evans telling his own yeah. story and. <laughs> It's so entertaining. Have you it's heard the uh, the uh, Bill Maher story about uh, Bob Odenkirk and him? Bill Maher talks about how they there was some some festival in the mountains, and he laughed so hard he almost died because the oxygen. It was <laughs> it was Bob Odenkirk doing Robert Evans as God, God's voice. That's funny, and it's just insane. And this guy, good, nails it. Oh, he does with the, the big glasses, glasses. And, and the whole thing. And he just he he got the patter down because it's if you also listen, it's it's a very hard R. I mean, they're f bomb in every other word. Yeah, uh, but the the kid stays. Let's for a second. I just want to talk about the kid stays in the picture. The other thing that introduced me to was that two dimensional when you started taking pictures and separating pictures. Oh, yeah, the whole production that, is that, amazing. Yeah, and, and his narration—he's talking about Ali McGraw's legs. She had legs that went up to here, and then he goes with Steve McQueen. If that's an offshoot, to, if you can go watch that from this, it's a, it's a win-win. 
Yeah. Now well, the reviews YouTube, on the so offer have there's so many interviews with with him that are just yeah, fantastic. He is, he is uh, when he's talking about yeah. the making of this film. But and uh, he, Matthew Good captures him like. Like unreal. Uh, so, Ralph, since you you know you kind of took half my spot. Well, I'm this gonna, is why gonna, this was my this okay. Was my well, pick. yeah, but it was my turn in the square. Um, okay. One other thing I watched. I used to watch this show in the nineties called Kids in the Hall. It was a Canadian oh, yeah. sketch show uh, produced by Lauren Michaels of Saturday Night Live, and they it's back on Amazon. Yeah, that's I crush your head. I crush your head. It's a it was it was a very funny show, very edgy show. So they, they brought them all back and they're all my age. They're all 58 to 60. And they ended, uh, the kids in the hall with a movie where they all got buried and they start this show with them getting dug up at the same cemetery with the same clothes they were wearing, but they're all oh, 30 funny. years older. Now, the reason why I bring this up, I like edgy humor, but they did something that I just found like they have, they had this sketch where two guys rob a bank and. They know they're going to get caught. So one guy has the idea, if we take all our clothes off and are naked, they won't know it's us because the burglars were fully clothed. So they take all their clothes off in the car. Now the cops stop them, pull out their guns, freeze, get out of the car. And then one cop says, wait a minute, they're naked. I don't think they said the burglars were naked. It can't be these guys. Well, let's check it out. Get out of the car. They get out of the car. These two guys, 58 to 60, Stark naked, full frontal nudity. Okay. Yes, on. Then the cops are like, jump up and down. So they jump <laughs> up and down. Now, shimmy. This is, I mean, everything is there. I'm like, what the hell is this show? Uh, and I was, I couldn't believe what I was watching. But that, that, they were known for that. Not quite like that. Yeah. It it's a- the same kind of thing. Completely unrelated sketches. Uh, real edgy stuff. I only watched one episode of it because, frankly, I was so shocked by that one. I didn't know what to expect in the other ones. Uh, but if you get a chance, I would recommend watching the original, which I thought was was a funny, funny show. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, is, they that were on, is that on Amazon Prime also? That's Amazon Prime. In fact, they, ma- they make fun of the fact that they're on Amazon Prime. Uh, there's a guy playing a movie producer who's who's obviously doing a take on Lauren Michaels, and, and they talk about, we're on Amazon Prime. Oh, Amazon. Oh. And then they do the skits. But those oh, are the two great. shows. I love the offer. New Kids in the Hall? No, uh, Kids in the Hall, it's called. New Kids in the Hall. But it was funny. And it's funny to see a sketch show with basically 60-year-olds, because that's all what they are. Uh, all with their, Like they play strippers, working-class strippers, who because of the job shortages are now stripping. And one worked in a mine before. It's very funny. It's just that was a really funny sketch. But uh, the two naked guys just—I couldn't I believe song. it. So, okay, okay, Ralph, that's what I'm watching, and I'm well, going to talk I mean, about Doctor uh, Strange and the Multiverse offer, of Madness. No. I'm queue it up. No, not now. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll just get, I'll just continue with the offer because that's what I was going to talk about anyway. Do it it's like just, Brando, though. I, I'm so okay. I can't do that. Yes, you can. Um, I'm wearing the hat like Brando, maybe. No, when he no. dies in the uh, in the in the garden at the end. Um, I just liked, like you, I like the behind the scenes. I yeah. like seeing Coppola fight for everything, yeah. all the things he had to fight for, even right down to a kitchen. He had to get a working kitchen so they could do that scene with the sauce, where they're making the sauce, where Clemens is making the sauce. Um, and and and, and Al Wait, Ruddy, why did he get that kitchen? They weren't going to pay for a working oven. They I forget what happened. For one what the deal. I forget they what the deal did was. a rehearsal dinner. 
Coppola right. brought all the cast in for a rehearsal dinner where they improvised in character and it goes on for about 15 minutes. And at the end, he goes, you got the stove because right. it was just un- and he really did that. This is a scene that really happened. Yeah, it was incredible Well, because of the offer, which were, wasn't getting great reviews. And I stuck with it anyway, because, you know, I like behind the scenes, especially yeah. The Godfather. OK, you just. Yeah. And you're right, all the, all the, uh, mafia stuff. The, the reason that they took the word mafia is only the Godfather maybe said once or twice in the script because they agreed to take it out because the, and Frank It Sinatra was in the script. They took it out. Took it. It's, it's one, I think it's done right. once in there. Um, and Frank's the whole side show with Frank Sinatra and right. the character of, uh, what's his, what's the character's name? The, the singer. Tony Fontaine. Name. Johnny Fontaine. Johnny, Johnny Fontaine. Fontaine. Yeah. So it's, it's just fascinating. And what it did is I watched both The Godfather and Godfather 2 back That's so to funny. Back. I just watched The Godfather again. And holy shit. I just, I guess I never really truly appreciated that film until seeing the offer, knowing what Coppola had to do to, and the stuff that they pulled off between him and his cinematographer and the actors and what they did. It's a, they're two mind blowing films that for that, no money. Yeah. There was no money for that. And what he did, what he did and what he was up against to pull off what he did is just amazing. And the appreciation level goes through the roof. And those films, and I'm even watching three because I just got to, I got to complete the trilogy now. Um, I just, I think it's fantastic. And I I do want to see the new version of three. Yeah, this, he's got a new cutout. I don't know how much of the, the something about Michael Colio. And I saw that one. Yeah. It's good. It's not, it's not streaming anywhere though. I I like it better than. The theatrical version, but it's still not a great movie. It's not. Oh, you even saw. On, you saw this. It's new not cut? even yes. on Paramount Plus. I don't uh, know. The two are one and two are. Huh. And two, by the way, uh, I've never seen three. Is so. another mind blowing. I mean, yeah, it's, it'll right down that last scene at the end, the scene that he pulls off at the end, where they're sitting around the dinner table, and Marlon Brando oh, agreed yeah. to do the scene, and they right. didn't do the scene, and how Coppola figured that out at that day, how they're going to do this. And the pathos that from that scene, that Michael sitting alone at the end, I, I, it's just stunning, stunning. And stuff. they brought Khan back for that. Yeah. I, I they, well, they all came I back. I can't believe the Japs bombed Pearl Harbor on Dad's birthday. Yeah, now <laughs> I, I know. I didn't know it was his birthday. Right. <laughs> now it's it's a brilliant scene that they they yeah. you know, they fake the surprise party and anyway. I, it I should have ended. But again, out of all of this. Uh, is it Matthew Good, the actor yeah. playing playing Robert Evans, is a home run? Now I hope they do a season two. I think they might, because you know they got to talk about how the sequel and all that. Oh, uh, oh yeah, Chris, have you watched any of it? No, Chris, no, no, I actually haven't. I don't have. What is it on Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus. Plus. Get well, the they give trial. you a free trial. Get the trial you, just yeah, to watch give you a trial. it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to wait. A friend of mine advised waiting until all the episodes. Yeah, start. I mean, I, that's usually what I do. Like with Moon Knight, I waited till they all dropped. Yeah. I don't like watching them. I think only six dropped. But I, I really I enjoyed this. I wanted to see. I, I was ready for the next episode to drop. I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. I was also curious to see on Paramount Plus, didn't they do a new version of Stephen King's The Stand? Was it, did anyone see that? Was that any good? No, I, I think they did. Uh, someone did uh, Firestarter. Was that the one? Yeah, oh Firestarter. God, so bad. Yeah, that, that got so bad. That got destroyed. It got I watched trash. it. it uh, Zach Efron is, of course, wonderful, but the movie is so Zac bad. Efron and the little wonderful. girl who plays the lead, she's actually um, one of the leads in the last season of American Horror Story, and she's great and she's creepy, and it's a very like exciting in the horror, in horror story in the yeah. tv show yeah. uh, it's not her fault but she is terrible and directed terribly 
And that movie is awful. And what really sucks is the guy who made Firestarter made a movie called The Vigil, which is a very well-received horror movie, which I have not seen. It's about, um, uh, the, in Judaism, you can't leave the body alone after someone dies. So you have to have someone stay with a body all night. And apparently he took that premise and spun it into someone's alone with a body, which is normally a quiet thing, and spun it into a horror movie, which sounds very clever and everybody loves it. And then he got to do Firestarter and it's awful. It's so oh, yeah, because when you do Firestarter, you got to listen to the producers and studios. Well, this the original Firestarter isn't good either, but Drew Barrymore is fun. There's fun stuff in it. This is it's just boring. So boring. I, um, one other thing before we uh, finish this, and this this went longer than any of our shows, by the way. Our what you watch? I can't believe it. I thought we were fine. Yeah, I thought so too. Well, you know, um, if everyone's gonna pick. On, I don't know if anybody has a Shutter uh, subscription, but there's mm-hmm. a series on there. Done by a podcaster, by the way, that I listened to called uh, Cursed Films. Oh, yeah, uh, that's good. Season one and season two. And season two ended with Cannibal Holocaust Ugh. and The Serpent in the Rainbow. And oh, Serpent that episode is insane. The Serpent yeah. in the Rainbow episode is completely insane. Yeah. I mean, it's wow. really good. They, they, the interview structure is really nice. I like what they do. And some of the backstories are great. So that's something to check out on Shutter. It's called Cursed Films. And it's uh, two seasons, one and two. Good call. So. Uh, check that one out. All yeah, right, so is Shutter worth having? Occasionally, it's only well, four ninety nine. It's it's one of the cheaper ones out of the. Here's the trick: if you get AMC Plus, you'll get Shutter too. Oh, really? So if you like AMC Plus, which has you know a lot of their library of original shows and a lot of horror movies and a lot of other stuff, you'll also get uh, the Shutter library. So yeah, I'm amazed. Like I have uh, YouTube TV and. I can now get AMC on demand, which I didn't think I could do. There's a lot of cool little attachments you get with all this stuff. I have to get Roku if I'm going to get some of these other things like Criterion. Well, you should. I'm a a big Roku guy. So, All right. So because our LA guy uh, couldn't make the show, he's going. He's coming. I heard that, John. Good job. Thank you. What what was that? I didn't hear that. Nothing. I was just a little. It's over now, Ralph. You missed it. Okay. Missed it. Uh, no one's listened to it anyway. We're way beyond when anybody's watching this thing. Um, so what I was going to say is our guy from LA is coming in two weeks. So next week, instead of spinning for Ron Robin, I've picked, I've chosen that we're going to do, uh, uh, what did I call it? Guilty um, pleasures. Guilty pleasure films. Okay. That's it. Guilty pleasure films. Like Drew. Well, whatever your guilty pleasure is. That, really, that any may be genre, something. any genre. It does, the genre doesn't matter. It's just the movie that, like you know, clue. you go, this is. Clute is not a guilty pleasure. That's oh, yeah. a classic I mean, film. Oof. All right. So whoever uh, – Drew, I don't know if you're going to be here for this one. I might. I'll see. Okay. I have uh, think about I have an okay. idea. I okay. Um, but the, Plus, the I have show, a lot more stuff to talk about that I watch, so I don't want to miss out. Well, <laughs> well when we when bring – stacks up. You know? Well, that, for that show, when the LA Times guy comes on, uh, we're going to not do what you watch. We're going to talk about Streets of Fire. Right. A little continuation of that because he was a marketing, he worked on the marketing team for that film when it came out. So we should reach out to Michael Perez if he wants to come on for half the show. He might. Sean, do you, uh, Michael Perez, not in any of your films yet? No. Not has been enough? (laughs) What? Um, (laughs) I I would have recommended him for Revelation Road 3 because he'd probably been a good choice for it. Okay. Chris, what are you going to say? Speaking of has beens and how we started with Top Gun. So I just, you know, when Comcast, I just said like Top Gun into the into the remote, and there are two films. One is called Top Gunner, starring your boy Eric Roberts. Nice. And then there is a sequel called Top Gunner Danger Zone, starring Michael Perret. 
And I was just like, oh, nice. <laughs> of all of the nice. Well, I love, I saw the preview for the, the new Top Gun. You know, they're going to do a shirtless football game. I mean, they're yeah. calling out a lot of the yeah. little. It's nice. And Val yeah, Kilmer's so. in it. Yeah, I think they, they, makes a cameo. They, they fixed his voice, or they yeah. did AI for his voice to make. Well, Sean, it. you could a, write you could write a version where the pilots go as high as they can go. They fly up and they see God, and, and then yeah. it would be a crossover. That would here. work. That would work. The but, toppest you know, of all the Sam guns. Shepard already did that in the right stuff. But that's, that's right. True. Great movie. Great. Starring Fred yeah. Ward. Nice. Awesome. Bring back that good. Nice way to circle. I don't want to take away anything, but um. When we started watching episode five of um, We Owned His Town, I'm sitting there thinking, man, you know what? I should watch Prince of the City again. Oh, the Lumet film. About film. This yeah. is essentially the same thing, corruption and drugs. Yeah. That film yeah. goes on forever. That's, That's Trey Williams, right? right? Yeah. Yes, it but is. Then, yeah, we are back. Like, the next thing that happens, there's a scene that Treat Williams is in We Own This Town. Oh, really? That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's a know, good film. So it's like, I was good just film. thinking, I got to watch them. Um, Prince of the City again. What's Sherpico? Yeah. yeah. All right, everybody have a good week. Next week, yeah. Guilty Pleasure Films, okay? Guilty Pleasure. I already know mine. Please All subscribe. Right. Hit the it's notification button. Smash that Do like. That. It Nobody's might not mean much now, to you, John. but it John, means a lot a little to late. us. Nobody's watching. Really helps okay. the He did it at the beginning. He bracketed it. We got it at the beginning. No one's watching the right stuff. I will beg. I don't care. I'm barely watching this show right now. I'm hardly in this thing. I can't. Hey, remind me to like it, okay? Okay, Debbie Downers, all right? I'll speak for us. Hit it. Right. Hit it, baby. Smash it. Smash yeah, it. Guys, ladies, everyone out there, please like us. Is this ASM? What is that I called? Is doing? ASMR. We yeah. do. They like me. They really like me. What's that music again, we Chris? We do it you every week for you. We're Scott. here for you. Scott? You know what? Yeah, S-K-A. Some of you, you yes, know, Scott. are estranged okay. from your parents. Hey, I'm going to go listen to some of you. I have to download some Scott. We might use it at the end. You guys are from Boston. We can't believe we know the Boston. I know the Mighty Mighty Boston. I've heard of that. I've never heard that term, Scott. Really? Never heard it. Yeah. Never heard it. All right. Someone said once, hey, look up in the sky. That's all I've ever heard. The sky. That's what I thought you were saying. That's what I thought you were saying. Yeah. Look at the okay. sky and the car. Right, everybody, that's it. We got to be done. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Have a great next week. We'll talk to you soon. I'm going to call an ambulance. Okay. Over and out. Highway to the danger zone.